Welcome to Focused on Forward. The purpose of this podcast is to focus on recovery from life situations, be it a disease, chronic or acute, perhaps the loss of someone so dear to you in death, or a change of life patterns that has affected you so profoundly that you have no choice but to find your new normal and become focused on moving forward. Each episode is designed to show the positivity that people bring to each and every one of their stories, the successes they've had, ways that they have become so definitively focused on moving forward. We look forward to sharing their stories, and we hope that they inspire you just as much as they have inspired us. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to Focused on Forward. Today, we have the pleasure of talking with Paul Fortune. Paul is a a man who's now a a life coach, but he's also gone through a few things in his life, and we're going to talk about his journey from being uh, where he was at, what he's gone through, and how he's gotten to the point of being a life coach where he's trying to help uh, other people to live life to their fullest. So, uh, Paul, thank you very much for joining us. Glad to have you on the show today. Tim, I really appreciate it. Look forward to our conversation. Yeah, absolutely. So what I'd like to do here for a few minutes, Paul, is I'd just like to turn the, the microphone over to you, give you an opportunity to uh, tell everyone your story about what you've gone through and, and how we got to where we're at. Absolutely. So I was born uh, with something called cerebral palsy. Okay. And if your viewers don't know what cerebral palsy is, it's a lack of oxygen to the brain at birth. And as a result of this lack of oxygen in the brain, it can leave one side of the body paralyzed. And this is permanent. This does not go away. This is life. This is a life uh, disease. So when I was born, I wasn't moving the right side of my body very much. So my mom uh, got kind of concerned about this. So they brought me to the doctors and they did a lot of testing on me to see what, what, what the issue was. And it came back, unfortunately, that I had cerebral palsy. And the, at the time, the doctor thought it was so severe that I would never be able to walk. And when I got to a, a certain age, it would be helpful if I would be put in a wheelchair so I could get used to it because that was going to be my life, being in a wheelchair. Well, thank goodness for a wonderful mom. She just didn't go with that diagnosis. She got other opinions, found a physician that was willing to help me. And that's when my journey of physical therapy started, intense physical therapy started. Um, and with this physician's help, I don't really remember this, but it's a great feat. I was able to walk at age three. So I was able to defy that doctor, the first doctor's order saying that I would never be able to walk, which was, a, you know, obviously a tremendous thing. Yeah. But that, but at the time, uh, I could only run, uh, I could, you know, I, I walk a little bit. And when I got a little bit older, I could only run about 25 to 50 yards. And I remember being put into soccer uh, roughly around five years old. And uh, because of my limitations, I, uh, you know, I wasn't really playing soccer. I was basically standing around where these other kids are running laps around me, you know, and I remember going to my mom saying, I really don't want to play soccer anymore. This is ridiculous. I'm making a fool out of myself. I'm not really fitting in. I I can't really move. And my mom said, if you don't want to play soccer anymore, that's okay, but we need to honor our commitments. So you need to finish out the soccer season. And if you don't want to play soccer anymore after that, that's your prerogative. And that's basically what happened. I finished up the soccer season and I've never played soccer a day in my life since. Um, but I, I, I got a, a game changer happened to me after that, after the soccer season. I, I went in to get surgery on my right foot to kind of tighten up the tendon and to kind of uh, 
take away the pain, give me a little bit more spring in my step when I when I ran or when I walked. And I didn't test it out yet, but I switched schools around this time. And I remember my first day of PE, physical education, uh, the teacher says, we do our stretches and the teacher says, okay, now run a lap. And I'm thinking to myself, here we go again. I'm gonna run 25 to 50 yards. I'm gonna have to stop. And these kids are gonna see that and they're gonna start to tease me. But this the times were different because of my surgery. I was able to go past that point where I normally have to stop. And I remember saying to myself, come on, Paul, you got this, bud. Keep going, keep going, keep going. And I finished the lap with the other kids. And uh, on the outside, I kept it cool. But on the inside, I was like, yes, 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 yes. The first time in my life that I, I actually fit in. It was one of the, the biggest feats of my life. And all it was was me running a lap with the other kids. And that, that to me, was a tremendous, tremendous feat. That's and awesome. because Yeah, it, it really, truly was. It truly was. It, it was a game changer for me completely. Um, things got easier for me, I will admit. But they weren't easy. They, they weren't I, I, easier, but they weren't easy. I switched schools again uh, in junior high, and that's a, just a tough age, period. You oh, know, yeah. kids are going through changes, hormonal changes, and they don't have a filter. They say whatever is on their mind, they don't, and they don't care. Right. So just switching schools to another school in junior high and be a new kid is a tough thing. Well, I was a new kid with a disability because see I I still walk with a little bit of a limp and I still held my right arm a little bit differently so I stood I still uh, stood out um because of these things and I, I and I wasn't received well I was bullied teased uh pretty much every single day and to make matters worse I was raised Catholic so my mom wanted me to go to a Catholic high school and I must have bombed the test because when I uh, when I met with the principal and my mom they said, uh, the principal says, well, we're going to put Paul at the lowest level possible. And I don't expect much from him. He does not appear to be college material. So after one test, uh, I had a principal oh, tell me that I'm not college material. I'm getting wow. bullied and teased in school. I'm coming up in my room and I'm crying myself to sleep saying, why me? Why do I have to be different? Why can't I just fit in with the other, other kids? Um, and, uh, something came over me midway through my eighth grade, right before high school uh, started. I was so sick of being angry and sad all the time because I knew deep down those weren't my go-to emotions, but those are the emotions that were coming out just because of the environment I was in. Right. Um, so I thought to myself, what could I do to change this? What could I do to distract me from, from these, these awful feelings? And I thought to myself, what if I set a goal for myself that I could just focus on the goal and kind of ignore the other kind of noise that was happening around me? Mm-hmm. So I thought, well, what do I want to do? And I, at the time, I really, really loved baseball. So I thought to myself, what if I tried to make my varsity baseball team in high school? So uh, I said, okay, let's go. So I played fall ball, winter ball, spring ball. And if I wasn't doing that, I was throwing a tennis ball against the wall. And I was doing this constantly over and over and over again. And the great thing about this, I didn't know this at the time, but I know this now looking back. I was putting out a different energy to these kids that I wasn't doing before. I had my shoulders back, my head up. And as a sure, result yeah. of the energy that I was sending out to these kids, they were sending an, another energy back to me. They were Instead of bullying and teasing me, a lot of them started rooting for me. So as a result of this, my junior high career was much, much different from my high school career, all because of the energy that I put out. And I'm happy to report to you that, that I was able to make my varsity baseball team as a junior and a senior. Congrats. And thank you. And I graduated high school 
And I really started to think about what my principal said to me years earlier about not college, not being college material because throughout my high school career, all I did was just do enough to, to stay eligible for baseball because I, in the back of my mind said, what's the point? I'm not college material. So why waste my time? Just do enough to just, you know, make the team. Um, but then I thought to myself, well, I made this goal having cerebral palsy, making a varsity baseball team, which, you know, at the time was probably near impossible, uh, feat, mm-hmm. but I was able to accomplish that. So I thought, well, why can't I be college material? Why can't I set a goal to myself to be college material? So I enrolled into a, a junior college because that was the only place that would really accept me at the time. I got myself a tutor. I went to the math lab. I did all the necessary things I needed to do to increase that GPA. And I was able to raise it from a barely a 2.0 to 3.5. And as a result of me nice. increasing this GPA, I was able to transfer to a four-year university where I was able to graduate with a degree. And I so wanted to go back to that principal and say, see, 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 you're wrong. I am college material. I was just going to ask you if you had done that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I didn't do that because uh, thinking about it, I should probably thank her for, for saying that to me because what if, if, if she didn't say that, may, I may not have hit the books as hard as I did in the back, thinking that, you know, that wasn't college material. So that might have been the motivation I needed to really hit it hard. So yeah, maybe, maybe, so. maybe I should thank her for, for, for telling me that. So now I'm uh, 22, 23 years old. I have no life experience whatsoever. I have no idea what the heck I want to do with my life. Um, And I had a family friend who uh, was the CEO of a small bank at the time. And he comes to me and says, hey, why why not try becoming a mortgage loan officer? I said, I got nothing else I'm going doing right now. Why not try that? So I I get in. I... um, and I was not received very well at this company. Nobody really wanted to talk to me. I, I was sitting alone at lunch. And the reason why that nobody wanted to talk to me is everybody knew I got the job because I knew the CEO. It wasn't oh. because of my talent. It was because of the, the name I knew. So they were just going to chew me up and spit me out. Now, that was their, their plan. Sure. And it brought me back to my days in junior high. I haven't felt that way since I was in junior high. And then I thought, well, what did I do then? I said, well, I set that goal, that baseball goal. I said, well, okay, what attributes could I use when I went after that baseball goal that I can transfer to this new goal of doing well in this company? So I thought, well, the, the biggest thing I did was I put my head down, I ignored the noise, and I worked really hard. So I can transfer that over to this, this place. You know, I put my head down, I worked really hard, I had a great attitude. When somebody needed me to do something, I did it in a timely manner. I did everything I needed to do. And from afar, I was watching what the top loan officers did on a daily basis. They didn't really want to talk to me. So I had to just observe them from afar to see what they were doing. And uh, I remember my first day of uh, really feeling uh, comfortable going out in the field to get loans. And I remember this, uh, my family friend, the CEO stops me and goes, what are you doing? I'm going, oh, I'm going to go out in the field and I'm going to get some, get some loans. And he's like, he has a concerned look on his face. Whoa, 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 you are not ready at all. We need to get you more training. Let's wait, wait a bit before. And I'm like, no, 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 I got this. So I went out and I fell on my face over and <laughs> over and over again. I mean, these clients were beating me up Sure. for, for several, several months. I was, I had no clue. And, uh, but slowly but surely I started to, to figure out what value I could add to these clients. And once they started to figure out the value I could add to these clients, things started to uh, pick up for me. And, oh, and slowly but surely, 
two years later, I became a top producer. And a lot of the people that didn't want to talk to me in the beginning are now coming to me for advice on how I was able to uh, increase my numbers at such a fast pace. So it was, it was, you know, kind of a fun thing that I was able to, you know, overcome that and, and win their, win over their, their trust or, or whatever. So it was great. And I really enjoyed the mortgage industry for many, many years. And then 2008, 2009 hit and the economy just took a dive mm -hmm. and uh, they put uh, different regulations were put on us. So it's kind of starting to really lose the luster of, of, of the industry, but I'm still doing it because I didn't really know what I wanted to do going forward. But things did change. Uh, they brought in this motivational speaker to pump up the sales numbers to motivate us. And the guy blew me away. The guy was awesome. So after the presentation, I made a point to talk with him, to tell him how great of a presentation he did. And he was so gracious. He allowed me to pick his brain for a few minutes. He told me he started as a life coach. So I'm like, life coach? What the heck is a life coach? Right. And he explained to me what it was. And I'm thinking to myself, you know what? Maybe that's what I want to do. So I started to take uh, uh, classes to get my certi certificate while I was doing the mortgage. I was doing it on my free time. And I remember telling people that I wanted to become a life coach and people are just humor, humor me. Okay, life coach, go out and get loans. Yada, yada, yada. Yeah, you're a life coach, whatever. <laughs> and then things start to get real. You know, I started to get my website up and I, I started to, uh, you know, start to do this on the side and the, at the banking, the bank that I was working at the time, because I switched several times, got wind of my, my side business and they thought this was, might be a conflict of interest. So they gave me a five page report on what I could and could not say. And I'm like, looking at this going, there's no way I'm going to get traction as a coach if, if I do both because of these restrictions. So I thought to myself, I'm going to have to make a hard decision. I, I'm going to have to do this full time and maybe right. just get a side, uh, maybe just get a part time job. So I said, okay. So I changed my spending habits, I got everything in order, changed my affairs. Uh, all, I got all that straightened out because, you know, when you start a business, as you know, Tim, running your own business, you don't make money right away. It takes, it takes a lot of time. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so that's what I did. And I remember when I, when I quit the, quit my job to, to do the coaching full time, a lot of the people, because they were like shocked that I did that because I just made president's club. And uh, they're like, what are you doing? You're a loan officer. You're not a life coach. This is ridiculous. This is silly. And it was funny because like uh, they did, a lot of them stopped talking to me for a little bit because of it. And it was like odd to me because like it was, just, I'm still, I'm still Paul. I'm just not a loan officer right now. I'm, I'm pursuing right. this coaching thing, but, but my identity, I guess was changed. So, you know, it was, they didn't really relate to me, I guess, anymore. I mean, a lot since then I've been able to uh, rekindle a lot of that friendship, but, but at first it was really, really tough. And, and they, and they put a lot of doubt in my head saying, you know, I don't think this is going to work, you know, this yada, yada, yada. And uh, for a long time doing this uh, life coaching thing, it wasn't working for me. Nobody was trusting me. I, I wasn't getting any clients. I, I didn't know really what to do. And I thought, again, about value, adding value. And I thought about my own story about uh, cerebral palsy. And for the longest time, Tim, I, I, I was afraid, uh, ashamed of that story. I didn't want to tell anybody that story. And the reason why I didn't want to tell anybody that story is because 
all through my childhood, all I wanted to do was fit in. I didn't want any special treatment. I wanted people to treat me just like anybody else. So even if I even brought up that I had cerebral palsy or if somebody asked me that uh, what was wrong with me, I would almost be in tears answering that question. And I thought to myself, if I'm not vulnerable with, the, with people, how do I expect them to be vulnerable with me and trust me with what, what's going through their lives? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's a two-way street. Absolutely. It 100% is. So I started to embrace my story. I started talking about it more. And as a result of me talking about it more, people started gravitating towards me and go, you know, uh, I understand what you're going through. This is what I'm going through. And it just started snowballing. People started trusting me. People started hiring me as a coach. And then I started my own podcast. And and and, and that's been helping people. And uh, it brings me here to my journey talking to you here, Tim, right now. Excellent. So yeah, so a couple of things I, I took away from, from your story about your journey. First off, I want to highlight the power of determination. I, I think that's crucially important to your story because had you not been determined that you were going to accomplish these certain things, that I was going to set these goals and I'm going to going to make these goals and then I'm going to do this and I'm going to set this goal and I'm going to be determined to get that. And so what I keep hearing is that uh, despite the challenges that were set in front of you, the doubts, the inconsistencies of others, uh, your determination won out. And so I think that's a very good story. Um, so kudos to you for that. And then also, I think it's important to highlight to the audience for those who are listening, the power that our words hold. Uh, so uh, you talked about your high school uh, principal and you know about you not being college material. And, and that could have impacted you very negatively. You know, that could have led you in a complete opposite direction uh, fortunately, you were determined enough that hey, if I could do, if I could make it on the baseball team, I can, I can make it to college. Um, you know, uh, so I think it's important for us to acknowledge and recognize that uh, we have to be more cautious as to what we're saying to other people because we don't know what somebody else is going through and how they're going to take those words. So, uh, but yeah, so let me ask you a few questions about your journey and and dealing with CP because that's. That's not something that goes away. That's with you uh, every day. So how does does cerebral palsy affect you each and every day? Really, um, since I've lived with it, I'm, I'm 40 now. So I've lived with it, you know, all my life. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm used to it. So, uh, you know, I, I, I say this jokingly, but almost honestly, is the only thing that really affects me now about it is I don't type very fast. <laughs> But, uh, you know, I, I do, uh, I do slightly, uh, uh, walk with a slight limp and I still hold my right arm a little bit differently than other people. Okay. But other than that, it, it really hasn't hindered me because, uh, like I told you, I, I made my varsity baseball team. And since then I've ran, uh, the LA marathon, um, and I've, I've kept myself very active. So I don't really allow it to set a tone in my life. Okay. So for some, uh, you know, they, they look at a disability and they, they see it as, as only that, that it's something that's going to hold them back, something that they, they can't overcome or, or navigate around. Clearly, you found the positive side of the energy and, and you're allowing it to navigate you around. So for you, what's the silver lining of having a disability? Because for some, they look at it as their disability as being an ability. Do you look at it that way or do you have a different viewpoint? Well, I don't think that I would become a life coach if I didn't have cerebral palsy. I don't think that that journey that I took 
if I didn't go through that journey, I don't think I would be a life coach right now. I think because of the journey that I was on sent me to this path to become a life coach because it's given me uh, the sense of empathy that maybe some other people don't have because they didn't go through that. So when I talk with, because I do work with uh, several people with, uh, you know, physical or mental limitations um, and I have a certain amount of empathy that maybe somebody else who didn't have cerebral palsy uh, wouldn't have that sense of empathy for them. So I think that that's helped me in my career as a coach because of me having the cerebral palsy and me having a, a, a different sense of empathy towards okay. them. Okay. No, that's, that's great. Growing up, I'm assuming that you, you talked about the, there was a surgery. I'm assuming that there was also uh, therapy sessions as well to help you uh, get through those. Is there one therapy that you found that was more effective than others? Or were they all kind of just, this is what I'm doing to, to get me from A to B? I mean, I, I did a lot of uh, physical therapy from the age of being born, basically, all the way to, you know, 10. Um, so, you know, I did a lot uh, with band, working with bands, working with squeeze balls on my right side. But the, my favorite one was probably swimming. Swimming was uh, one that I that probably I enjoyed the most. So and that that was the most helpful because I could be in the water and I didn't have that weight against me. And, you know, there's something Zen about swimming. So I would say that was probably my favorite uh, physical activity that helped me. Okay. I, I think back to when my daughter was in the hospital when we were um, my, my daughter had Guillain-Barre syndrome and was paralyzed from the neck down for, for, for quite a while. Uh, when we, she was learning how to walk again and, and, you know, regaining her, her muscle memory and things. I just remember the day that, you know, when she started getting into the pool, it's like she came alive. It's, mm -hmm. you know, all that, like you just mentioned, there was all that weight that she felt was gone and she was, you know, able to play and frolic and have fun. And, um, and yeah, it was therapy, but it was fun therapy. She was, yeah. she was smiling almost, I think the, the entire time that, that she was there. Yeah. Okay. Um, you talked about, uh, you know, it sounds like you had a very supportive mother uh, and father and they, they loved you and they were, they were there for you uh, to help you out. Thinking about your parents and, and everything, um, what's the most important piece of advice that you would like to give to a parent of a special needs child as they're going through their, maybe they're beginning their journey with somebody with, with special needs? What, what, what would you say is the most important thing that parent needs to know? That's an excellent question. And thanks for asking that question. Um, what I would, I would tell that parent is stop focusing on, on, on what they can't do and focusing on what they can do and find out what they love to do. And when you find out what they love to do, encourage them to go after it. It could be writing. It could be telling jokes. It could be whatever but encourage them to go after their passions because even though they may have some limitations, there's plenty of things they can do. Yeah, absolutely. So, and, and I think understanding too, that uh, everybody's sense of normal is going to be different uh, just because uh, this kid can, you know, run really fast or throw a ball really far. Doesn't mean that your child who maybe not maybe has difficulties with running or throwing a ball isn't normal. Uh, so there's a difference there between what people would might or consider uh, normal. And two, I, I think it's important to note that uh, um, if your child notices that that you're treating them differently, they're going to pick up on that. So well, well, no question about that. 
children are so perceptive. Oh yeah. Yeah. If they, if they don't think you're supporting them, they're going to pick up on it pretty quickly. It doesn't matter, you know, how old they are. If, you know, if they're young, they're going to notice and they get into their teenagers, they're definitely going to notice it. Uh, so yeah. So I think that's very good advice. Okay. So let's talk about uh, a little bit more about where you're at now in, in life. You, you gave us a nice kind of uh, uh, detailed uh, description there of how your, your life has gotten you from one point to the next. And so let's talk about, you mentioned a podcast. Let's talk about your podcast. What's that about? What's going on there? And, and tell the folks the name of your show. Yeah, it's called Actions and Limits. And I do it with another coach. And we bring on uh, different guests from all walks of life. And we pick their brain on their, on their journey, their ups, their downs, their in-betweens. And we find out what worked and what didn't work. And our message to our audience is this, simply, if you believe you can achieve, and when we bring in our guests, there are examples of that because all of them went through some sort of struggle sure. and they found a way to get over, over the hump. And, 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 and struggles come up all the time, even, even still, but they, they find a way to overcome it. And, um, and that's our message that, you know, don't let, don't let any limitations stop you from going after the things you really want. And that's the theme of, of the podcast, Actions and Limits. Okay, cool. Uh, how many? How far are you into it? You know, how long you been doing it? Uh, we we do, we've done it for two years now. Well, we oh, drop an episode awesome. every Monday, and it's religious. We have not missed a beat on that. Uh, I have to give a shout out to uh, my co-host Justin because he he's the one that uploads the the episodes, and I'm sure it's a pain in the butt, as you know, Tim, to to, to upload the stuff, and he does that. And I try to help on the marketing side, booking guests and, and doing that load for him. But he, he's he's better at the tech stuff than I am. Um, so he handles that and, uh, and, it's a, and it's a good product because he handles that side of it. Yeah, I keep saying that I might want to get a, I'm probably going to need to get a co-host on this someday because eventually we're going to transition this into a, a video podcast. And uh, well... I'm not so good with video editing. So I, I host this and I also host another show called the funny science fiction podcast. And I have two other co-hosts on that show. Uh, but one of our co-hosts there, he handles all the editing and, you know, all that. Nice. Uh, here I'm kind of the, you know, the head cook and bottle washer. I do it. All. <laughs> so uh, yeah. Having somebody do the, all the editing and uploading doesn't sound like such a bad deal to me. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I don't mind doing the marketing and talking with people and getting, you know, booking the guests and gives me a chance to find out cool backstories of people like you and, and uh, you know, having a chance to chat with them before they come on the show. And, 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 you know, so I really do like, I like hearing people's stories. And that's one of the reasons why I do this show is I like hearing stories of how people have overcome what people have gone through in their life, what they've done. Um, because really it, it's, you know, I, and I joke about this, but it's kind of cheap therapy. Uh, you know, we get a chance to hear what other people have done, what other people have gone through in life, how they're dealing with things, you know, what their mindset was when they went through. And I think that's very important that we can hear uh, other people who have gone through these things to know that there's somebody who's been successful in how they handled it. And so for me, that's, that's kind of the nice deal of having guys like yourself come on and say, hey, yeah, I've got CP. Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I could have gotten down about it, but here I am. Look what I'm doing now. So I, I think that's fantastic. All right. And let's talk a little bit about your, your coaching business. Tell people uh, the name of it. Uh, what's, what's your coaching business called? How can they get a hold of you if, if they're interested in working with Paul Fortune? Great. Uh, my coaching business is called A Call to Action. 
And the easiest way to get in touch with me is through my website. It's a call, a call to action.coach. And on my website, I developed this free guide that, that you can get. And it's how I was able to rewrite my story and how you're going to be able to rewrite your story and how you're able to maximize your day. So that's completely free. You can go on my website and get that. Um, I always do a free coaching session, always, 100%, because I want to make sure it's the right fit because I sure. work with other coaches that may be a better fit for you. And I, I don't just say, oh, you're a bad fit and go away. I go, you're, uh, you would work better with this coach because of X, Y, and Z, because of their expertise in this, in this realm. And, okay. it, and it goes back my way because uh, coaches refer back to me going, you know what, Paul would be a better fit for you because of what, what he works with his clients with. So it's, it's a good community that I work with. And the focus is on the client, making sure the client gets the right service that they deserve. Because I feel like if you do right by the client, the, the, the rest will come back to me in a, in a good way. You know, I'll get the right client and I'll be able to help that client and that client will be able to refer me other people that are right for me. And it's just, it's, it's just better that way. So the focus is always on the client and what I can do to help that client. Okay. That sounds good. Now, now I know for me, and I think I'll speak uh, loosely for a lot of our listeners. I think that sometimes people get confused as to what exactly a life coach is and what a life coach does. So could you tell us maybe a little bit about what you do for your clients as a life coach? Yeah, I, I, I came up with, with this, uh, with this, it's called uh, DASTA. And basically, first, it's discover. So we discover what what the issue is, or what the goal is, number one, that D. All right. Once, once that's discovered, then we have a awareness, we are aware of the goal, we are aware of the problem, which is that which is a great thing. Awareness is awesome. And then the S, setting up a plan, developing a plan going with a plan that's going to get everything in motion to overcome the problem or start the journey of accomplishing the goal. And then T taking action, putting the plan in place. That is so important because you can write up any plan you want. If you don't take action, nothing's going to happen. So that's why my business is called a call to action because it's all about taking action to the plan that you, that we set up. And then a is adapt because you have a plan, you take action, and things go wrong. And we have to adapt and we have to revise the plan. So that that is that is what that's that's why focus, DASTA, I call it. And that's that's what I help my clients with. Okay, excellent. All right, so I'm getting them helping them to navigate through things. Fantastic. All right, so I have a couple questions for you that I ask every single guest who's ever been uh, sitting where you're sitting. So uh these aren't rocket science, so I, it's been done 40-something times before you. It'll be done something 40-something more after you. So Great. I, I, I'm sure you'll be able to knock them out of the park. So first question. Good to go. All right, first question. Looking back over the entirety of your journey, what is the single greatest lesson that you have learned? There's been a, a lot. Um, so uh, I... Uh, Number one would be patience. I, with somebody with cerebral palsy, I can't do the things as fast as other kids or, or adults can because of, of, because of my limitations. So I have to be patient and I have to practice. And once I start to practice, then I can get it. So patience. All right. Excellent. I like that. Okay. 
uh, our next one, pretty closely related. Looking back over your life's journey, what was the single greatest piece of advice that you were given? The, it was probably by my mom and basically stated to me what, what I tell everybody else. If you believe it, believe in it, you can achieve it. And uh, that's been my mantra all my life. And it and started with her when I was able to basically walk. That she said, if you believe it, you can achieve it. And uh, that's how I live my life. Excellent. You know, your mom sounds like a pretty cool person, just have to say. Yeah, so- she was my voice when I didn't have a voice. If Without her, I wouldn't be walking today. So I owe a lot to her. Yeah, she sounds pretty cool. So, Paul, thank you again for, for being here today. I think it's... Uh, you have a nice story. Uh, and I don't mean that in just in like, oh, golly, nice story. I mean, it's a nice story of how to, to look adversity in the eye and say, I'm going to do this. I'm not going to be held back or pushed aside. I'm going to do this. And so I think I always love stories that have a little bit of determination to them and how they're going to just, I'm going to knuckle down. I'm going to make this happen. So uh, thank you for coming on today and, and sharing your story. Tim, I, I love talking with you, and I thank you for your kindness. Uh, you were very kind. I felt comfortable the whole time on the show, so thank you very much. Oh, thank you. All right. Well, and then I will uh, want to remind you guys that if you're listening to the show, if you go into the, the notes down below, you'll be able to see uh, how you can get a hold of Paul Fortune, not only on his coaching business, but we'll also have notes in there about his podcast. And it sounds like that's going to be another good one to listen, and I'm sure as soon as we're done here, I'll be subscribing. So very good. All right, Paul, thanks again, and thanks everyone for listening to Focused on Forward. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Since 1982, Vital Signs and Graphics has been helping professionals with all their image, logo, and design needs. Perhaps you're looking for signs and banners, truck and trailer lettering, business cards, brochures, or other image and marketing aids Vital Signs and Graphics in-house design studio has you covered. From logos to apparel, start to finish, Vital Signs and Graphics has everything you need to look and feel professional. Call Rick at 231-652-3300. He'll get you noticed. And now back to Focused on Forward. Well, that concludes another episode of Focused on Forward. To be a guest of Focused on Forward, you can reach us through Twitter at podcastfof, through our Facebook page named Focused on Forward, or through email focusedonforward at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing each and every one of your stories that has yet to be told. So until then, be safe, be kind, and be loving to one another as you stay focused on forward.